This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman, and welcome to The Loop. Banners and flags are starting to go up in parts of Edmonton, marking the upcoming visit of Pope Francis. Motorcades are practicing, gravel roads are now paved, and a local church that suffered a fire has been completely renovated in anticipation of the pontiff's visit and the forthcoming apology for the church's role in residential schools. While the people visit is stirring up excitement, it's a complicated time for many in the church. So today we're talking to three young faithful. Chad Alexis Bruno is from Alexis Nakota Sioux Nation here in Alberta. Oscar Barron grew up in Columbia and is here in Edmonton doing his PhD at the University of Alberta. And Andrew Bennett is also in Edmonton. He was born in Pakistan and grew up in the UAE. Welcome, all of you, to The Loop. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So to set the scene a little as we get into the discussion, I want to know where faith uh, maybe began for you, how you first kind of found the church. Oscar, let's start with you. I grew up uh, a Catholic family. I went to Catholic high school, Catholic university. But when I was a kid, I had a real high, like big connection with my faith, but I, I lost that mm. along the years. Yeah. And since I came to Canada in 2018, I met a community here that made me like go back to my faith, especially one friend that told me like, what, like to present me to this community. And so that was something amazing. He only said, oh, I can't meet you today because I have to go to the church. And that came to my mind, oh, I haven't gone to church for a long time. I should go. Yeah. So after after some months, I I went back to church. I like joined the San Joseph College community at the University of Alberta. And I became part of the Catholic Student Association as a coordinator. So that's when my, I think my faith, my faith like grew up a lot yeah. on me. Yeah. You kind of chose it for yourself a bit when you were here in, in Canada, eh? Yes, yes. But culturally, it was because um, Colombia is a Catholic country mainly. And my family is Catholic uh, by war. <laughs> uh, they practice sometimes, yes, mm-hmm. uh, but... Yes, I now it's a stronger my faith. Yeah. Yeah, Chad, what was it for you? When when did you kind of come to to Catholicism? Well, my my grandma, Mama Gashin, she grew up Catholic, so it it I just became Catholic. We have a church here in Alexis, and Father Alex he used to come there every Wednesday. So that's how I met Father Alex back in the day. He was looking after. Alexander First Nation, Enoch First Nation, Alexis First Nation, and Lake Sinan. I started my faith when I was around 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, I became best friends with Father Alex throughout the years. And yeah, he taught me so many things. So that's how I, I became Catholic. Yeah, I think finding those leaders and those connections can be so key. I mean, what was it that first kind of drew you to him and, and, and created such a great bond? Um, well, he was, Father Alex was very open when I first went there. First, I was like, kind of scared. After when I went to church first time, I felt like a, this burst of energy of feeling better, you know, feeling more energetic, feeling like a weight's been lifted when I first went to church. And it felt good. It felt great. And I just think of that feeling every time I go to church and everything. And every time I had a question, either about, 
church or not bow church i would always call father alex and you would always up for a talk to talk to me and you know stuff like that andrew i understand your experience probably was very different being born in in pakistan where christianity isn't exactly a majority you know, it's a minority yeah. over there, and even in the UAE, uh, I've always been a religious minority, but I grew up in a Catholic family, um, and uh, faith for me always just grew as I uh, as I grew up. Uh, it was a learning process, and I took theology uh, readings and all that. I did it on my own time. So it's always been part of me, and uh, I've always grown with it. But being uh, from a place where Christians are a minority, it was always something that you wanted to keep and preserve and grow into it. Yeah. I mean, so what is the church now to you, Andrew, as someone you know, in your 30s? Oh, the church is an important part of my life. I go every Saturday. It's yeah. uh, an important institution. Uh, so I, I have great respect and reverence for it. Yeah. Oscar, same. I'm seeing some nods kind of. <laughs> No, no, I, I would say the same, like, uh, to go to the church every Sunday is something that is really important for me now. Like, uh, I feel like every Sunday have an opportunity to start again mm-hmm. with the host. So it's something that I feel every Sunday. Yeah. And Chad, I mean, you know, you've come a, a ways since you were 14 and you kind of came into it. Mm-hmm. What, what does it mean to you now? To me, it, point, it pointed me to the right direction. And when I was feeling doubts, I will always pray. And we have, uh, out here in Alexis, we have uh, the, what's that, Our Father prayer and Stony, And it's, and they taught, to, they taught religion and we had that like, traditional stuff and then how to speak the language. So you mm-hmm. found kind of a blend almost between the two different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the way what Father Alex once told me was that with my uh, traditions, it's more of a tr- like doing the, like doing what I do, like doing sun dances, sweats, uh, mm. dancing the powwows. That's tradition, and religion is supposed to help you keep your faith in you, like of a higher being. So I was learning, like I thought it was like I thought like what I was doing was like a whole like another religion, but me being uh, stony, but it was actually just traditional means of hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> So when it comes to, you know, the big event, the papal visit, mm-hmm. what are mm-hmm. everyone's feelings as we're preparing for the Pope to arrive in, in Edmonton? Chad, you're you're nodding. You're... Yeah, I am actually, because it's, it's, it's hitting different for everybody. Mm-hmm. People that don't go to church, they're like, well, why he's coming here now? You know, they have like their own opinions. And some that have been going to church for a long time, um, they're happy that he's coming here. There's a lot of mixed feelings in the air because of uh, these unmarked graves and, you know, what are we supposed to do kind of thing. I think what it feels like is like since they've like this been found out, this has been caught, they want to apologize now. But Mm -hmm. they should have been doing the apology way back then. All these uh, unmarked graves is kind of a... It was was shocking to the world, but it wasn't that much of a shocker to Native people because they kind of since knew that there was these going these things going on yeah so there's like a lot of mixed feelings i'm happy that he's coming here because i i seen um pope benedict back in 2012 i think right now it's pope francis yep so this would be the second pope i'll see and i'm excited for it is does yeah. it feel similar to before you met pope benedict i met him in spain mm. in madrid 
Yeah, it was World Youth Day back in 2012. The fact that he's coming over here it feels more different because I don't have to go <laughs> cross like you know take 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 a couple planes yeah. and a couple layovers just to go see him and wouldn't want to do that right like, now. He's coming especially. here now. No, this this it's it's too hot, too expensive. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad he's coming out to his pilgrimage in Lake Saint Anne. Yeah, and I know like we were predicting that there's going to be more people this year because of the Pope and it's going to bring a lot of people from all over the place. Andrew, uh, I mean, what are your feelings as we prepare um, for the Pope to arrive? I'm actually very excited that the Pope is coming to my city uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm actually also volunteering for one of the events um, because I've never seen the Pope and I have never been for a papal mass and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, But also remembering why the Pope is coming here is important. He's coming for particularly for the indigenous people uh, and for the truth and reconciliation. So um, I think I'm very respectful of the fact when they say that certain events are invitation only. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I have to back off. But this is a very, very different papal visit than any other papal visit uh, that I know of. Uh, usually he goes to other countries. Uh, I think he visited the UAE. Uh, some of my friends were there yeah. and they were saying they were excited. But he was there to promote uh, coexistence and tolerance and interfaith harmony. Uh, here he's coming for a very different reason. And he wants to be close to the indigenous people. So in a way, I'm excited as a non-indigenous person that I get to see the Pope and attend a papal mass. But I'm also very cognizant of why he's coming over here. Yes, yes, I share Andrew's feelings because uh, we have, it's like a privilege here because the Pope is coming from a a specific uh, topic for the reconciliation and truth, but it's like a privilege. I never imagined being in Edmonton as an international student and have the chance to see the Pope, to see the Pope here. So, because he went to Colombia in 2017, but I I watched everything from uh, on the TV but here I put all the effort I could to to like to volunteer for the open mass as well. And mm-hmm. uh, for me now, it's like I'm uh, really looking forward to 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 see the Pope and to watch uh, on TV all the things that he has to say to reconcile with indigenous people. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a busy few days for everybody. I think <laughs> is what it sounds sure. like. I want to, Andrew, I'm curious what it's like to come from another country that has its own religious history, sometimes very complicated and hard religious history, to now kind of come to Canada and and witness this reconciliation that's happening here of our own challenges and the history of residential schools. Well, I was following uh, the whole, uh, when the the, the graves uh, came out, uh, the news of the graves came out, I was really following the whole all the events uh, unfold and I, I was watching the delegations going to the, to Rome and then coming and the part that the Archdiocese of Edmonton was taking. So for me, I, I said, when I became a Canadian citizen, I take on everything that this society has or had done in the past. Uh, so for me, this uh, one thing that I did, after, I, I have a political science and a history background. So for me, when I reading Canadian history, I always saw that the church and state at the time when residential schools were running, they were kind of one and Christianity was part of the society. So I would judge it in those uh, um, in those aspects. 
And for me, when the Pope is coming to apologize for the Catholic Church's role, um, I think it's still really a Canada-wide society and every Canadian should be taking part in this reconciliation process. We need to reconcile with uh, the Indigenous people. I can, I mean, I can clearly say that uh, I have nothing to do with this because I only came in Canada in 2010. Uh, but no, uh, I, I, I want to be part of it. I want to move with them. Because one thing that Pope Francis really did say, because I was seeing his apology in Rome, he did say that the church is with you. He told the indigenous people, the church uh, is with you. And I think that shouldn't just be isolated to the clergy. Uh, I think it's uh, up for all Catholics. Um, and so for being a Canadian and a Catholic, I want to be there. I mean, I was really, I was like, I was like, maybe I can go to Masquerchis and witness the apology. But uh, I understand uh, it's a limited spacing and it's only for Indigenous people. So I will watch it uh, online. Um, but again, it's all about being with them and at least being with them mm. as much as I can. Chad, I'm seeing some nodding. I mean, as, as an Indigenous yeah. person, I, you know, how do you react to that? Um, I know he's coming to Lake and That's one thing I'm, I'm just excited for was that. And I know like they're trying to take the right steps to uh, say sorry. And, you know, they want to move on. Like not like... They want to help the indigenous people and move on after this. They want to grow. I see the, you know, the Pope people with uh, Catholic faith and everything like that. Uh, they know what they did, and I know they're sorry. And I think we're just, they want to be forgiven. And honestly, it's, uh, I guess it's a whole tribe, a whole nation thing that this happened to them. What, uh, some of the few stories that I heard from my grandma was that they weren't allowed to speak their language, their native tongue. So the, some of our culture was lost through that because most of our culture was through oral speaking and learning. Uh, the residential schools happened. Um, it wasn't just the it wasn't just the church people. It was the government too that forced them to go. It's, so. Like, if that happened today, there would be consequences, you know. People yeah. won't get away with it. It's just, uh, it's difficult for for, from, for some people. And I can't really talk for everybody because I'm just one person. Um, I did speak to a few of my, you know, band members, uh, what they think. And, you know, some didn't care, some cared, and some were happy. And uh, some had mixed feelings, like, I don't know what I want to do. And, you know, they think... Since the Pope's coming, they're bringing back past trauma. Chad, has the history of residential schools, has that ever affected the way you express or feel your, your faith? Yes, I'm a little bit shaken about it. And I want to, like, be mad with them. But at the same time, I what is me being mad going to do? I go speak to Father Les when I'm having doubts, when I'm having concerns. Both of my parents went. And, you know, my grandparents, my Mogashin, my Makashin, they went too, but they never talked about it. And I think that's one thing about, uh, about, about back then is that they weren't allowed to talk about it. And I think because of that, they didn't get the help they need. But with, through the indigenous way, like people go to sweats to be uh, closer to Waka and Wakachichi. Waka means God. Wakachichi means son of God, Jesus. And praying, everybody prays in their own way. And yeah, 
Oscar, I'm curious about you and, and Andrew as well, but coming to Canada, when you learn the history of residential schools, has that affected your own faith and your own connection to the church? When that is a part of Canadian history that I didn't know when I came here. When you are uh, like a foreign person, and when I was in Colombia, Canada is always presented as the perfect country, that like the dream, the dream country you can go. So when I came here, I first came to study English. Uh, this history was presented in one of our, our our English classes. So it was kind of choking. Uh, I mean, in Colombia, we also have um, several like traumas and difficulties with indigenous people. But this one was uh, really re- recent. So our history with indigenous peoples is like 18th century. And here was like the recent story, history of Canada. So for me, it was like kind of shock, but I didn't affect my faith. I mean, I always have recognized that the church is full of sinners and the church is here to like change people's life. And, but the church can commit mistakes as well. I like, can, can make several mistakes. And the part of reconciliation is part of that recognition that we need, that that is not what Jesus came to say. All of that wars, all of that problems is not what Jesus came to say to everyone. So, I mean, the church evolving is recognizing not only the, not only the like the crimes with the indigenous people here in Canada, but with other minorities that have been like marginalized for decades. Uh, for me, it's like. Um, to to recognize this problem, uh, this situation is like part of the church that is evolving, and it's something that needs to happen. Um, that that doesn't affect my faith. I, it like give me more hope that things can change. Well, through my coursework, I when I went to university, I came to the knowledge about this and understood it, uh, and then kept on reading about it. It is a topic of interest to me. But I've always been able to distinguish between the institutional church versus my own faith. My own faith is my own, and I've always grown into it. Um, the institutional church, for me, sometimes is a distant away in Rome. <laughs> but have they made mistakes? Yes. But um, again, it goes back to the, um, the atrocities that happened were, again, part of a European church society. Because uh, India and Pakistan at one time were a British colony. Uh, and whenever, wherever the Europeans went, missionaries went with them. And so it was a collaboration. So we've always been able to distinguish between church, what the church, the institutional church is doing versus what our faith is, uh, faith, what our faith is. Have I been disappointed and maybe even angry at them? Yes, but that doesn't affect my faith. I mean, the sexual abuse crisis was big, huge. Yeah. It really opened your eyes going like, okay, what's happening here? Um, And there's also been financial scandals uh, and the list can go on and on and on. But I don't think that should ever impact um, what you believe and what your faith is. You're all young Catholics, right? You're, you in the world, yeah. it's so different from when your parents were uh, or your grandparents were in their 30s. Even um, Pope Francis is such a different leader than mm-hmm. popes that we've previously seen. So, do you think there is a generational difference now in the way that people experience the church? Oscar, you mentioned this idea of the church evolving. So, you do you see a difference now among young Catholics? 
for me right now, yes, the church is evolving, especially in Canada. The church in Canada is totally different from the church in Colombia. The church in Colombia is more conservative, I, I, I would say. So it's like more difficult to change. But here, always that I go for reconciliation, the priest says, oh, Oscar, we are, as church, we are trying to to think many, many things uh, like what is happening in the world right now. And the church is evolving. So even the priests recognize recognize that something has changed in the church. And for me, Pope Francis is a leader that is is showing what Jesus came to say. Like all are are part of the same community. We are all brothers and sisters, and we don't need to marginalize everyone for for thoughts, sexuality, or any other beliefs so we all can be part of the same community and i think because the jews jesuits the community that the pope belongs uh the jesuits are it's a catholic community that is always thinking about how we can like evolve according to the change in the society so for me it's really nice especially in canada i see that more than in my home country yeah chad so uh pope francis I think he's doing a lot more than the previous pope. I say, like, uh, he seems more, like, more sincere in his words. He seems more apologetic. You know, he's has a more of a sensitive side, and he's trying to say sorry for something that happened. Me being indigenous, I do struggle with the whole, like, you know, like I am a Catholic and I am like stony. I do get like across, like I get stuck of what I want to do, and you know, for me being a Catholic, I don't know, I don't know, I just, you know, like I'm like stuck up here right now. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like do you see other people that walk that same line of both being Indigenous and Catholic? Like, do you have a community that you're seeing younger people experiencing? What you're experiencing? Um, I live in a rural side, like, you know, near uh, Lake Sedan, you know, like from Edmonton. So it's very different than there's like people from my band that are older than me, like, I guess, my aunties now. Uh, I see them in church, like a church, usually every Sunday. But I haven't been going the pandemic since stuff's like been coming to light, brought yeah. to light. So, but I do, I have been talking to Father Les, and he's like my go-to person when I need to ask him something about the, you know, about the Bible or how can I reconnect myself to faith in Mm -hmm. the church again. So I'm stuck in a crossroad area of what to do. Absolutely. I'm just one person. That's a tough place to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew, I'm curious, I mean, for yourself, young Catholic, do you mm-hmm. see a shift? Are you seeing people experiencing and connecting with the church differently now? Um, so I am a part of a young adults uh, group over here. So definitely uh, I'm seeing a lot more people uh, trying to connect with the church uh, and coming to the church. I mean, uh, over this last Easter, we had so many young adults actually uh, got baptized as Catholics. Um and uh, so, so that was a, a big refresher for me too. And uh, I think young people over here uh, who are Catholics are still uh, trying to get close to the church um, and are still trying to practice their faith. Um, 
in a society like over in Canada with lots of individualism and secular uh, thoughts coming across, it does become challenging, um, especially when uh, lots of people are questioning who they are or uh, what they're um, what, what they want to identify as. And there's just so much going on. It can you can easily become so overwhelmed and try to understand where am I going or uh, who am I. Um, and lots of Catholics over here really do cling on to the Catholic faith um, as their identity and their place to go to. Uh, and, and I think that's refreshing too. I mean, every Sunday when I go to Mass, I think it is a bit of a refresher. It makes you think where you're going, why you're here. <laughs> so, yes. I, I want to ask a question that I don't expect anyone to have the answer to. Um, but perhaps you can share with me your hopes or what you're wishing for, because I want to know if you think that this papal visit will change things, and and if it will, maybe how. And I know it's a big question, um, but Chad, I'd love to start with you. I know the stadium in Edmonton where it got sold out in a matter of ten minutes, like all the seats were taken. But they said the front first front couple rows are supposed to be for Indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis, he's do he's trying to do his best to reconnect with. Uh, with the indigenous people and he's trying to say sorry it's uh i guess it's different for each reserve uh what i hope for was uh, what i hope is that they they say their apologies sincerely that they know what they did i know it wasn't the pope that did it but it's the other people the people individually that did these like you know rape that did all these uh like hurting people and scarring people, giving them PTSD and trauma. You couldn't, you cannot hold one person accountable for the whole religion, for the whole faith, that, oh, that person did that to me, so I'm not going to like that. I'm not going to like that religion because they are in it, you know? It could just be that wrong person, wrong time kind of thing. And uh, a lot of people are upset. A lot of people are happy. A lot of people are, they, they, they don't care. You know, they think it's just a money-grabbing thing that, oh, they're coming over here and they're going to, you know, Pope's doing it for just for clout or he's doing it for just to make money. I don't know. It's like it's... And I just hope all this just gets done with and dealt with properly. And that's, I just want to hope that they, that, you know, down the road we can say, okay, you know, we know you're sorry. And it's getting, it's getting to the point that, uh, you know, time's running out. Uh, life is too short mm-hmm. for people. Um, there's all this. What's been happening, too, is that people are taking drugs to numb themselves, or drinking to numb themselves. Yeah. And sometimes they take too much and then they pass away. And it's called an overdose. That's a lot of stuff that's been happening on the reservations, too. It's been uh, pretty much scary for that to happen because I work with the volunteer fire department out here in Alexis. Wow. And, uh, we get called from the, from, I, well, not we, uh, I shouldn't say we, the uh, fire chief gets called from the EMS and then say, okay, there's this going on. We have to go over there and go help out. Or we would hear from somebody that this person was in the city and then they passed away. They overdosed. They found them at the, at the bus stop or something like that, eh? or this woman went missing and we don't know where she is. So just like um, all these factors are playing in besides the Catholic church stuff going on. So there's other things going on besides that. 
Chad, your parents as residential school survivors, have they told you about, you know, what they think or what they hope might change from this visit? No, I haven't talked to my parents about that. No, I haven't. But my dad used to tell me that when you used to go to uh, residential school, he used to, like, he used to, like, leave. Like, he used to, like, you know, walk away from it. He would take the chain tracks home back to Alexis. Mm-hmm. He'd go hide in the bush when he hears uh, RCMP or something like that, right? But he was always talking about like getting hit, how like you know native tongue was the was the was the devil's words. Um, having long hair is for women. Um, stuff like that all happening. So yeah, I'm glad my dad's here. I'm glad. I'm glad my dad's sober. The best way I can say is like they are taking the right steps to say they're sorry and they want to you know reconcile. They want to build that bridge with us again. And if we allow them, they can probably do it. Like, you know, they will be allowed to... Because we still have the church here in Alexis. I think we just... It's time to get a new one. I, I say anyways. Andrew, I want to ask you, how do you think that this papal visit might change things? Um, I think we should remember that the papal visit is a part of truth and reconciliation. It is not the event or the, the, uh, the defining moment, to say. Again, it goes back to government was involved in this, society was involved, church was involved. Um, What I see, again, as a person coming into Canada and just trying to understand it from that perspective, I just see that with the recent events, the church was trying to be thrown under the bus or laying more blame on them. But on the church's part, I think they really did take ownership of this and really tried to build those bridges. And one of the things was that they already had existing relations with First Nations. When we announced the first uh, National Indigenous Day in September, uh, every church in Edmonton actually had a mass and where they invited their um, invited Indigenous people to come and participate, and they did. So the Pope's apology is a part, and I think the church is building bridges. Uh, will it is this the end or is this the last we're going to hear of it? No. And we still need to build those bridges. And again, we shouldn't just lay, lay it on the church. It is all society. And I think, again, for this uh, visit, what I would have really liked to see is all of Canada take part in it, not just the Catholic Church. It should be everybody involved and everybody trying to build those bridges. I think there's uh, still a bit of a divide between Canadian society and Indigenous people. Um, Like, I don't see many Indigenous people coming to church, but they have their own church. Like, I don't have a daily interaction with them um, because of the past over here. And I think it would be really nice to do that, listen to them, see what's happening, and try to walk with them. So it is. So the papal visit for me, again, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it, but also being cognizant of why he's coming. Um, and really uh, take that opportunity and see and hope that this is another piece to building that bridge. Yeah. Oscar? Uh, for me to hear Chad, for me, it's like everything has changed. I mean, Chad is offering a lot of hope in his community as well. So for me, it's something really important that I see now that is is like a, a consequence of the pub visits. So that is nice, nice to hear. But also I need that everybody needs to do their, their part. So for example, we need to start a reconciliation. Sometimes we move the finish line. So now the pub 
has come. Now we someone can say it's not enough. Okay, we need to like stop, stop like moving the finish line to start this process of reconciliation uh, because we cannot hold on in that anger for what has happened. So we need uh, we need to move on. Uh, and I can relate with something that has happened in my country as well. We have been in civil war for more than 60 years. And this year we had the reconciliation like committee and truth reconciliation committee. And they presented the, the report and it's like we are trying to work right now and move on. Like, okay, we know now the truth and we need we need to forgive and forget. And, probably to move forward in what can happen. So for me, mm. it's something that uh, everyone needs to do their part, especially broadcasts. Because for example, I was watching news lately and they uh, they present the publicity like, oh, the publicity is coming for reconciliation and truth. But do you know how much it's going to cost to federal taxpayers? Because I mean, for that, they lost the, <laughs> they lost the purpose of the visit in that moment. So, I mean, social media news is, sometimes it's a lot of misconception. And also for that, for example, many people stop going to church because all of the misconception that is around the church. So you only need to go and ask, and you will see that the many people's thoughts are not true. Uh, and the church has a lot to offer. And you, you only need to go to ask. So for me, the pub visit is like a, a huge hope for Canada and for all mm. of the faithful. But everyone needs to like their part and promote like we need to reconcile right now. Stop the anger and and to start thinking that we can we can have a better future together. The Loop is a podcast from CBC Edmonton, and our team this week is Brendan Coulter, Leslie Goldstone, and Corey Haverstock. Our theme music is Change Your Mind by Edmonton musician John Common. And I'm Claire Bonnyman. Thank you so much for listening. The Loop is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis communities. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email, theloop at cbc.ca. Leave us a rating or review wherever you download the show. And you can find us on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.